If you believe in the doctrine of self-esteem, you are setting up your kid or yourself for enormous failure in life. Self-esteem comes from accomplishments and from carrying out your commitments. If you have fake self-esteem based on the emotionalism of I'm smart and beautiful and doggone it, people love me. If you have that fake emotional self-esteem, not earned, but just heaped upon by teachers and parents, I consider that dangerous because fake self-esteem, it decreases your chance of success. Fake self-esteem, it prepares you to be a victim. From Wrestling With God Productions, this is a special encore presentation of one of our most listened to Wrestling With God show episodes. Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with our wrestling coach, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. So, Father Len, in a previous episode, episode 66, you talked about how and why self-compassion is the best way to move on and grow from failures and feelings of shame. But you were also really emphatic that programs designed to improve self-esteem are not the answer. In fact, you told us they often make things worse. So I think you kind of wanted to grapple with this idea of self-esteem, where it comes from, how it affects us, uh, the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion, and kind of how the two actually relate to religion. So, Father yes. Len, let, yes. let's let's get get going with that. Okay. So. I have to admit, to me, every time I hear the word self-esteem, to me, that's a four-letter word. Like, that's Ouch. a cuss word. You wash your mouth out. Wow. Um, and I know, I, like, self-worth is, to me, a good thing. But all this self-esteem stuff really is on my getting on my nerves. And I'll give you an example. Here at this parish, we have this beautiful yard. Uh, it's just gorgeous. And people like to walk their dogs in our yard, which great, no problem. But especially when I first got here, it was the elephant graveyard for dog droppings. Oh, no. It was a a gold mine just for that. Like, I'm not going to have our church look like that. So just always being slightly aggressive. Every time (laughs) I saw somebody walking a dog in our field, yeah. I just walk out and tell them, hey, listen, my name is Father Lynn McMillan, the new priester, and just to let you know, you can walk your dog, dog here, but you have to pick up after your dog. <laughs> and every single person always says, oh, I always pick up after my dog. I don't know who's leaving these droppings in. <laughs> but um, one woman, I literally saw her walk away from her dog leaving something. So I walk up to her and she says, oh, no, I always walk up. And I didn't want to fight. You mean but the- I just- you said she always picks up. You just said walk up. Yeah, she always, yeah, she said she always picks up. Okay. Like I, I had just seen her walk away from not picking it up. <laughs> so so I don't want to get in that fight. I just want to get in the fight that oh from now on everybody will be or it's private property. Yeah, I've had um, many I, many versions of that in our front yard. We have some neighbors that claim they're always picking up their dog poop and uh, I've seen always, them yeah. 
you know, walk their dog past our house. Oh, I'll die. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I've been asking people and it is getting better. But last Saturday after mass, uh, I was preparing to walk home. So I'm walking home and I see this uh, couple getting in their car. He's getting in the car. He's going to pull up the car for her. I love this couple. Can't remember their names, but they're a little bit older, but wildly funny. They work well off each other. I found them hilarious. And I was like, personally, I was thinking, okay, these two I'm going to become friends with because they're a kick in the head. So just for one more giggle, one more, like he's just, they're just great. So he was getting in the car. So I walked over in his direction just to say goodnight. And he's just funny. And he says, well, good night, father. And as I turn around to walk in the other direction, I see this 20 to 30 year old guy. He's between 20 and 30. And he is throwing a Frisbee to his big dog in the yard. And so I'm walking away and I said to him, Hey, just to let you know, we've had a problem with people not picking up after the dog. So please pick up after your dog. And he says, oh, I always do. So (laughs) I flash him two thumbs up and say, thanks, as I'm walking completely away. (laughs) Then he sends me this email saying that I attacked him. Oh, no. He was scared and threatened. (laughs) Like, really scared and threatened. And I'm twice his age and half his size. And I didn't have a big dog on my side either. <laughs> so I had to send him this email saying, well, no, that, that feeling is not being attacked. That's a feeling of being accountable. Like, <laughs> you chose to walk on private property. I wasn't attacking. If I was attacking you, I wouldn't be walking away. I'd be walking towards you. Also, when people attack you, they don't flash two thumbs up and say thank you. Well, and I'm not sure how discussing dog poop is any kind of a threat. I mean, that's pretty wild. Just add, I know. The, the threat is you can only say positive things to me. Nothing <laughs> that makes me accountable. And the odd part is... I think I uh, see where this is going. I was wondering if you were going to get back to uh, self-esteem, but I think I see where it's going. I mean, okay, but here's here's a contrast. So my deacon, who's a retired cop said, oh, yeah, you went up to, told me that I went up to one of his friends who's a retired cop and said, oh, my name is Father Len McMillan. You have to, and, he, and he said, uh, he said, you know, I really appreciate him doing this because the place is looking bad with all the dog poo. And he said, I like, and the guy said the same thing that he picks it up, but his reaction was gratitude. Or this other 70-year-old woman was walking the dog, went up to her and she was kind of funny and grateful at the same time where she said, you know, we have the 10 commandments. And he says, you, she said, you should add the 11th commandment. Thou shalt pick up after your dog. <laughs> says, I didn't understand why you Catholics let people get away with this. <laughs> and so here's the thing, like the cop, he had a little bit of grit. So he's not threatened by responsibility. Either is a 70 year old woman. They, they don't view it as being victims because now I'm just, that's responsibility. But these days, especially with the 20 and 30 year olds, it's like there's this competition. Who's the greatest victim? That <laughs> somehow I'm a victim because I was asked to be responsible. Like if I'm going to talk to him, I should be throwing him rose petals when he walks into our, um, our campus to make sure his self-esteem is okay. Like, and, but think about his, in his email, 
he said I wasn't being very religious. Well, I was being polite and kind. I was just asking him to be responsible. You so weren't being religious? I'd religion not, for him supposes that religion is supposed to make me feel good about myself. Not that religion is supposed to help become a better person. Religion is about being in relationship with God and others and with the virtues of love and compassion and justice. So yeah, he may have been offended, but he was offended because he was asked to be accountable. And his point being is that what was offended was his self-esteem. That's why he said he felt attacked. Uh, you know, I was walking away. I was, you know, I'm an old man walking away from him, but he feels attacked because that's how he regards self-esteem. And I wanted to bring this up because there's a huge difference between the product of self-compassion versus self-esteem. People with more self-compassion are always more likely to pick themselves up after a failure and try again. And they've tested that people with self-compassion, they gain more grit. They have more determination. But people with high levels of quote-unquote self-esteem actually have less grit and determination. And I mentioned this before, like there's a study from UC Berkeley, mentioned this before about this really tough vocabulary test, and it's designed to have the students fail. And so the test was, take the test, people fail. Now, one third, they're giving self-esteem exercises where you're smart, you wouldn't have got into Berkeley if, unless you were smart, you're smart and beautiful. Another group, they did nothing with just retake the test and the third group they gave self-compassion exercises you know that voice changing the voice in your head of you can try harder you can next time you're going to study they didn't give them any academic work they just gave more or less a spiritual work of changing mm -hmm. the voice in their head but the ones who did nothing or given self-esteem exercises they didn't improve everybody who did the self-compassion exercises improved and what I think is really interesting is that they, in the California school system, they enacted this program thinking, well, what we're going to do is raise students' self-esteem. We're going to raise their self-esteem by telling them, you're smart and you're beautiful. Oh, my God, Irish, you have great looking hair and <laughs> you're beautiful. And, you know, once kids have better self-esteem, they'll learn better. They'll treat each other better. Well, that's great on paper. But actually, the results were the very opposite. They did worse and higher rates of bullying. And they didn't actually improve. It was a complete failure. So on these studies of self-esteem, there's several studies that just focusing on self-esteem is not good for you. There's this, another study, I'm going to bore you, on mock job interviews where they give college students, they fill out this questionnaire to judge their self-esteem versus their self-compassion. And next, and this was a hard part, they had to participate in a job interview practice to increase their skills. And most undergraduates are always nervous before a job interview. But those who tested high on self-compassion, every single one did better. And they used the I pronoun less, and they used more of the we pronoun. So self-compassionate uh, students reported being less nervous than high esteem ones and high esteem ones 
they used a lot of I and didn't do as well. Same thing, another study with uh, various athletes, one is with wrestlers. And the study is in these sports programs, students with high self-compassion rebound from uh, failure quicker and athletes with high self-esteem practices. I'm beautiful. I'm smart. I look great in a singlet. <laughs> they did worse because they, they, they're setting themselves up that the only thing that they can ex, uh, receive is excessive praise. High self-esteem people only accept praise and are quick to reject any correction. So I, I just find that kind of interesting. So they did this other study on feedback. How well do you take feedback on your job? Well, oddly enough, high, people with high self-esteem, they are not open to negative feedback and they would tend to blame the supervisor observer if they had really negative feedback. They, they cannot accept it. But if they're giving excessive praise, even when it was undue, they believe all the excessive praise is being accurate. My only point being is that, wow, that does not set you up for greater improvement. If the only thing that you can receive is praise. So self-esteem, I'm not a big fan of. It has some serious dangers. Self-esteem, and this is what they found in the California study. Self-esteem based on no achievement actually decreases the student success rate. But self-compassion encourages students to work harder. So for emotional health, and I'd say spiritual health, it's important to have self-esteem as opposed to hating oneself. You don't want to hate yourself. But because if you hate yourself, you're going to be depressed and anxious. You know, that's a lot of shame. But what they found out is that you just can't give people self-esteem. It's how they gain their self-esteem. Well, it has to be earned. Exactly. That's the point. And a lot of people want to try and boost self-esteem with just saying, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You're wonderful. But uh, that the problem with that, that's not earned. And it actually is very dangerous. You yeah. Know, it, uh, it, it produces fragile people like the guy that exactly. was on your lawn, super fragile, any kind of, uh, they take it personally. Like when you said, I hope you pick up the dog poop, you weren't saying you know, to him, I know you're not going to, I know you're a jerk and whatever. Exactly. Yeah, you're just, you're just making a general statement that we're trying to clean up the yard, you know, and I hope you'll help us. But accountability is never allowed. Yep. All you're allowed to say, and that's what he thinks religion is. All you're allowed to say is that I'm beautiful and wonderful. Well, if you believe in the doctrine of self-esteem, you are setting up your kid or yourself for enormous failure in life. That self-esteem comes from accomplishments and from carrying out your commitments. Yep. But if you have this fake self-esteem based on the emotionalism of I'm smart and beautiful and doggone it, people love me. If you have that fake emotional self-esteem, not earned, but just heaped upon by teachers and parents, I really, I'm serious. I consider that dangerous because fake self-esteem, it decreases your chance of success. Fake self-esteem, it prepares you to be a victim because if you teach your child that you have to feel special, what you're constantly teaching him is social comparison. And it leads to do two bad things, either bullying or victimhood. Just like the study on receiving feedback, 
you know, the 20 year old asked to pick up after his dog. Really? I hate to say he, he's fallen into the myth of fake self-esteem. And what that creates is just a generation of snowflakes who can't handle any self-improvement. And the really odd part is that the California study, they tried to end bullying by giving a lot of self-esteem. But we know that's why kids start to bully is because they're trying to boost their own self-esteem. If you taught them that their self-esteem comes from social comparison, that they're more beautiful or whatever, you've trained them that based on social comparison, I, I can bully you. Kids bully because they're trying to make themselves feel better than other people. So if everybody wins a trophy, it's proven to decrease their kids' self-worth because they didn't earn it. So there is a difference between self-esteem and self-worth. No, there's direct comparisons to practicing self-compassion to increasing your self-worth. But the California school system tried to practice boosting self-esteem by basically telling them how special they are. And oddly enough, they became more damaged. So if we, if self-esteem, if we have self-esteem because we're told that we're amazing, what happens when we fail? When we fail, that self-esteem deserts us. And you know, as human beings, we're going to fail. So why not failure lead to becoming a better person? That's what self-compassion does. It's not dependent upon social comparison or, you know, never failing. It sets sets up a situation where, you know, kids and I've seen this in, in kids sports where the parents are, and usually it's the parents telling them just how good they are. You are amazing. And, and you know, I watch them on the field, and they, they aren't amazing in any way. And then when they don't make the team, they're so shocked, you know, and they it's think the somehow fault. they've been, it's the coach's fault. I've been slighted somehow. And mom and dad, I can't imagine you've told me how great I am, and I didn't make the team. How could that be? I know. And, like, uh, no offense, but... If 20 and 30 year olds were raised with this, what's going to happen to their children? And I, I, I don't want this podcast to be, oh, he's a grumpy old priest. I want it to be about religion, but religion, yeah, deals with compassion and responsibility. And I like just from the email that 20 or 30 year olds idea of religion is that I was being unreligious because I'm supposed to make him feel good about himself. Who cares if, you know, he's ruining our property. I'm supposed to make him feel good about himself. And so I'm not being religious. Yeah, you were supposed to say to him, boy, I'm so glad to see you're, you're uh, exercising your dog here. And I know you're the you're, best. You're the you're, greatest. Yeah. And, and I know that you're one of those guys that's always going to pick up the dog poop. You know, you're just a special kid. So welcome to our parish. Welcome to being on our grounds. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, God, we're so lucky your dog is shitting on our, our <laughs> grounds. And how would you like to be uh, a married to somebody like that you're only allowed to say positive things now yep i don't your wife has told me that she only praises you that's the only (laughs) thing she ever does i wish that was true actually (laughs) but if you believe in marriage your job is to get that person ready for heaven you've got to be able to say hey irish we got a problem here behavior is not working for me she's done a pretty good job of that actually (laughs) she was not raised in the school of i've got to support your (laughs) self-esteem not at all 
But that's what I think is so dangerous about self-esteem, self-worth. Yes. But the key is, well, how do you get self-esteem? It's actually through commitments and accomplishments, you know, keeping your commitments, that gives you great self-worth. So anyhow, like, I think it's also a religious problem that, yeah, you can't have deeply religious people if you're not willing to wrestle. If you have to tell me, listen, at every game, I have to get a trophy, then you're not really wrestling. You're not wrestling with God or anybody else. Well, and you're not dealing with reality. Reality is gone. So I consider self-esteem a four-letter word. I haven't heard that before, but I think I'm going to start saying the same thing, Father Len. I've had trouble with this whole self-esteem thing for years and years. I mean, it's crazy. And And here, I I really do. Let me put it this way. I believe in self-worth. I believe every human person is incredibly sacred by God. But that doesn't mean I don't have every single person can't improve. For sure. For sure. So, Father Len, did you have anything else? I guess the fact that self-esteem is a four-letter word is a pretty good place to end here. I think you've made your point. Thank you. (laughs) You are brilliant. You have good hair. You're amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you, Father Len. I, I wasn't feeling so good about myself until you told me that. So we welcome your comments and questions. And it's easy to get those to us. You can just shoot me an email. My address is irish at www.productions.org. That's irish at www.productions.org. Or text or leave me a voicemail at 208-391-3738. That's 208-391-3738. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling With God show, please share it with your friends and Hit the subscribe or follow button in your podcast app and give us a five-star review. That really helps people discover us and you'll be notified whenever we publish a new episode. This podcast is created and distributed by Wrestling With God Productions. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jake Einick and Kevin Barnett. The lifeblood of Wrestling With God Productions comes from generous donors who support our mission. It does take lots of time and money to design, record, edit, distribute, and promote the podcasts we create. So if you've benefited from one of our podcasts, please consider making a donation at givesendgo.com slash Productions. That's givesendgo.com slash Productions. Now you'll find a link to this site in the show notes below this episode in your podcast app. So we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives, and earning real self-worth and real self-esteem from our accomplishments and making and keeping our commitments. Thanks for listening. See you next time.